Hey, let's pray for Ben as, she, as he gives the word to us, yeah? Could you guys extend a hand towards him and stuff, yeah? Awesome. Lord, thank you so much for tonight, God. Thank you that we can have so much fun. God, you are fun, Father. I thank you for your presence here tonight, Father. God, thank you that you meet us right where we're at. God, you love, you love it when we have a great time in your name, Father. And we just, God, we lift up the message tonight, uh, what Ben is going to share with us. God, we're so excited. We're expectant. Father, I just pray that we can concentrate, not be distracted by anything, and just receive from what Ben has for us tonight, Lord. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. Here he is, Ben the man. All right. How's everyone doing? Are you good? Oh, come on, are you good? Yeah. Right. My name is Benji. Everyone say, hi, Benji. I say, you look good. Stop it. That's too much. Hey, uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. I want to encourage you guys for a little while. But before I do, I can guarantee at some point in life, your parents probably told you not to talk to strangers. Uh, so it's important I introduce myself, um, especially strangers with creepy beards, okay? So um, I'll introduce you. I'm, my name is Ben. I'm from New Zealand. Um, very from, uh, from a place in New Zealand called Auckland. Uh, I love my country, but I love being in the States too. This is my second time to America. Uh, it's my first time to the Central Coast, and I'm loving it here already. America's awesome, because in America, you've got lots of like big things. New Zealand's very small. America's very big. So I love coming here, and we'll drive around, and you see like big trucks, and then you've got like big department stores, and you've got big portion of, portions of food. It's just awesome, man. I love America. Um, but New Zealand's very small. So in New Zealand, you either know everyone or you're related to everyone. Uh, now, uh, so I know a lot of people in New Zealand, but you guys might know, like, I've got a couple of relatives that have made it quite big here in America. Um, I don't know if you guys know, like, Stephen Adams, who plays for the OKC Thunder. Um, he's, he's my cousin. I, um, I don't know if you know uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe from Gladiator, he's also my cousin. Um, you guys might know Lord. Lord the singer, she's my cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my wife's here in America. She's my cousin. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he goes like, what? She just look. Okay, see, I'm in the bad books now. <laughs> hey, we're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to have lots of fun. Uh, it's so cool to be here. It's so cool to hang out. Now, just while we we're doing Tribal Wars, um, I just wanted to change my message up for you a bit tonight. Because it was so cool. You guys were just going nuts. You were going absolutely crazy. You looked absolutely stupid, all right? But you know what's awesome about that? Is everyone else looks stupid too. So you looked absolutely normal. I want to I wanna talk to you tonight about, um, about an area in life, and it's a particular thing that you start to realize as you get older. There's a time in life where your parents teach you what you to say. They teach you what to do. They teach you a whole lot of useless things. Um, like, they teach you how to take out the rubbish. They teach you how to, like, wash your hands. Just stuff that you'll never use in life. Like you learn all sorts of just rubbish things. But um, your, your parents teach you what you to do. They teach you not to cross the road when cars are coming. It's really cool. But there comes a time in life where you start to think and you start to think for yourself and you start to act for yourself. And some, sometimes that's in your high school years. Now I loved my high school years because I started to figure out who I was. Now you have to picture me when I was young and in high school. Um, I was like, I was like the same size I am now, but but shorter. <laughs> Uh, which means I was rounder. <laughs> All right. um, but I loved, uh, at high school, uh, my early years in high school, I was part of a sports academy. And uh, at our school, we had a sports academy because you could be good at any sport uh, and they'd put you in a school sports academy where you would, uh, you'd represent the school at school competitions. And I used to love playing sports. I was real good at sports. Um, 
like hand-eye coordination ball sports. So like soccer, I love, they love soccer. Um, I love soccer. I was a goalie. Um, they've just put me in goal because I took up most of the goal. Uh, I, I used to love um, being like playing softball and being the keeper in softball. I used to love playing rugby, all sorts of different sports like this. But I remember one day when between classes, we had a training session. So coach pulled us all out of class. And he said, for the next 45 minutes, I just want you to run the field. So you run down one end, run the length, run down the other end, run the length, run down one end, run the length. And he says, nonstop for the next 45 minutes. Now, I was young and I was big. All right? At this point, I rolled faster than I ran. All right? So he was like, all right, you got to run. So we start running. And we're running along. And uh, I, I boosted at the start because I knew it was the only time I'd be winning. So I just ran out of head. <clears throat> and sure enough, before long, um, a couple of boys passed me. And they were Māori. Māori's like our indigenous culture in New Zealand. They just run past me. And they're like, eh, hurry up, boo. And they just keep running. All right. And then after that, um, some like, I had some Samoan girls. They ran past me. They used to play volleyball and stuff. They just run past me. And they just kept running. I'm like, what the heck are they talking about? All right. And then um, a couple of Asian guys ran past me. And they were in because they play like table tennis and ping pong. All right. So... <laughs> Babington, so so they ran past, but they were real polite. They were just like, hey, mushy, mushy, and they just kept running. <laughs> All right, so we start running. Now, after about 10 minutes, I'd been overlapped twice. All right, after 20 minutes, I'd lost count at how many times I'd been overlapped. But I just kept running. I just kept keeping my pace. I just kept running my line. So I'd run around and run around. At about 37 minutes, I'm running. And one of the boys that passed me earlier on is sitting down on the side. He's got cramp, cramp so he stopped. No, he's got, he's, got, he's got that too, but he's got cramp, okay? So he stopped. He's, I ran past him, and I just keep going. And then about a few minutes later, all of the girls that ran past me, they had stopped because they were too tired. They didn't want to go on any longer. So 42 minutes, they stopped to the side, and they, they're just sitting there. So I keep running. I finished 45 minutes. I'm stoked, but I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't breathe. So uh, coach calls everyone in, so I like stumble in. I'm trying to catch my breath. And, I, and I, I, there was no way I won. I got overlapped so many times. But he calls everyone and he says, all right, real proud of everyone today. Most people finished. Good job, good job. But he said, I want to, uh, I want to invite Ben over. So Ben, come over. So I walk over to coach. <laughs> and uh, I'm standing there puffing. And he goes, guys, i got to teach you something today, team. And you remember this, remember this. Never forget this. It doesn't matter how fast you go. It doesn't matter how, hard, uh, how you get there. The most important thing is that you never give up. And today, Ben didn't give up. And he just said, everyone give him a hand. So everyone starts clapping. And I was like, oh. So <laughs> I started walking around, straightening myself. I was stoked. I went home. I told my dad, Dad, our coach made an example out of me today. I'm going to be like, I'm going to make the team. I'm going to make the team. The next day, I came to school. And uh, they had selected the team. Now, out of 60 of us in the training squad, 45 got chosen to go to camp. And I was reading through all the names, and I didn't see my name there. And I remember being gutted. I remember being, feeling so stink because I didn't make the team. I went home, I told my dad, and he didn't really know how to encourage me. In fact, uh, I was talking to him about the story early in the year, and he says, I remember it. He said, I didn't know what to say to, say to you. And uh, I remember feeling so gutted, but it was the first time in my life I realized that there was something in me that was greater. There was something in me that was awesome and significant and special because I knew I deserved a place on that team. The only problem was I missed out. Now, I knew I could do it. I knew I had what it takes, but there was this gap between where I wanted to be and where I was now. But there was this greatness within me that I knew was there. And I can guarantee for some of you, 
Maybe over the last couple of years while you've been at high school, you've had a moment like that. Or maybe you've stood in praise or worship, or maybe you've been talking to someone and you realize that there's something special and significant about you on the inside. Something special, something unique, something that only God's put there. And there's this greatness to your life, this desire to be significant and this desire to make an impact. And I absolutely believe that God's put that in your life because you are marked for greatness. Where's Dylan? Where's Dylan at? Dylan, you are going to do great things for God. I got no doubt about it. I'm going to come back to you in a minute, all right? Cool. You're the man. All right. There are are great things on your life. I want to read a story to you. Is that cool? Real quick. I'm only going to talk for like five minutes, all right? And then we're going to pray and God's going to do something good. Is that cool? All right. Here's what it says. Uh, Let me set some context. There's this guy in the Bible called Samuel, all right? Now, Samuel was God's dude. Israel was a pretty messed up place. So God's like, I got to have someone there that can communicate to the people what I'm saying because they won't listen to me. So God put Samuel there. God would speak to Samuel. Then Samuel would speak to the kings. Samuel would speak to the people that he needed to talk to, right? So he's, he's Samuel's around. He's this boss ass dude. He performs miracles. He speaks to God. He's cool, right? He's like, um, no, I won't say it. All right. Here's what happened. So he's walking around. God says we need to anoint a new king. So he goes to this guy's house and he he goes to Jesse's house and starts to gather all his sons together because he's going to anoint one of them to be king. And he says this, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But the Lord said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down and to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Oh. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had, brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So here's what's going on. Samuel needs to anoint someone as king. So he goes to Jesse's house. Jesse's got eight sons. All right? And he says, please line up all your sons. I'm going to anoint one, someone to be king. Jesse's stoked. One of my sons is going to be the king of Israel. So he gets all his boys up in a line. From the tallest to the shortest, from the oldest to the youngest. Uh, Eliab at the front. Then they don't name the guy at the back. Right? So Eliab's at the front. And Samuel's like, man, this guy's good looking. Man, this guy's the oldest. He's a leader. He's got what it takes. So he walks up to him. And he says, surely. This is the one you've anointed to be king. But God says, ha ha, no, 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 no. I don't judge the way that you judge. I don't look at people the way you look at them. I look at what's on the inside. I look at what really counts. And he says, this is not the one. Samuel's like a little bit confused, but he's got everything it takes. He seems most qualified for the role. So he goes to the second son. Hey, this guy's a good looking kid too. He's smart. He's charismatic. The people will love him. And the Lord says, ha ha, he's not the one either. I look at people different to the way you look at them. He's not the one. Samuel starts to get a little bit confused. Okay. Goes down to the third boy. Surely, God, this is the one. God says no. Go fourth. Surely, this is one. No. Fifth. Surely, this is one. No. Down to the third, second, first. God says no to all of them. 
Samuel's really confused by this point. Everyone that should be here to be anointed to be king is here. Why have you not chosen one God? God says, ah. so he asks the dad, is there anyone else? Dad says, oh, there's actually one more boy. He's the youngest of them all. I didn't even select him to come up to the line. He's out in the field. Samuel says, go and get him. So he brings Samuel out. He brings David out. And right then and there, David says, you are the one. Uh, God says, you are the one that will be the king of Israel. So Samuel anoints him. And then he goes on to be king later on. He goes on to kill David and Goliath. You know how it goes. But here's what I love about the story. Here's the most awesome thing about the story. David didn't even make the lineup. Not even the people closest to him believed that he could be fit to be king. And here's what I want to say to some of you guys today. You know that there's greatness inside you. You know that there's significance inside you. You know there's something special about you. You know there's influence on your life and you know God's called you to something great. But the problem is there's people in your world that don't believe you'll ever make the cut. People in your world that have left you out, they haven't told you that. They haven't spoken that over your life. They've maybe told you other things. You're not good enough. You're not valuable enough. You're not, you don't have the looks. You don't have the charisma. You don't have the attitude it's going to take to be significant in this world. But here's I say, even when, even when the people closest to you don't believe in you, God does. Oh, how good is that? Even when the people that are closest to you don't believe you can be significant or influential, God looks at your heart and he sees that part that you notice, that uniqueness about you, that special thing about you, that you, uh, that part of you that's different to everyone else that cries out to be influenced and significant. God sees it. Here's what I've learned. We can disqualify ourselves all we want. We can come up with all of the excuses. David wasn't fit enough to make the lineup. David was hanging out with the sheep. He wasn't fit to be king. But here's what I love. God calls the unqualified. God qualifies those who just come to him and say, God, I'm ready and I'm open for you to use me. Now, if you don't believe me, I mean, that's just one story. That's David. There's a guy in the Bible called Moses. Now, Moses was called to bring the Egyptians out of Israel. But the problem with Moses, God's encountered him with the burning bush. Moses is walking around through the bush one day. A bush is on fire. He starts to trip out. He starts to wonder about the mushrooms he ate a little bit earlier on. Right? He's freaking out. This bush is on fire. Not only that, the bush starts talking to him. So now he's really tripping, right? God's in the bush. He starts talking to him. He says, hey, Moses, here's what I want you to do. Take my people out of Egypt. Take them into Israel. Now, as you do that, you're going to have to speak to them. Now, the problem with Moses, right, he was, not only was he timid and insecure, uh, he talked a little bit like this, God, I have a stutter. God's calling him to lead a million people, but the guy can't even talk. But here's what I love. Despite what you're, what's going on in your life, despite what weaknesses you see about yourself, God still looks on the inside. He still sees that gap inside you that says, I'm significant and I'm called to do something great. And God will look into it and call you out of it despite what the outside looks like. Despite the way you talk, despite the way you dress, God can still use you because he's not looking for people who have it all together. God's just looking for people who are available. God's just looking for people who say, God, use me. Now, if you don't believe that, there's another guy in the Bible. His name's Abraham. Now, I don't know if you guys know about Abraham. Abraham was a pretty cool dude, but he was old. All right? Abraham was like 100 years old. God starts talking to him. All right? Abraham's lying down in bed next to his wife in the tent. And uh, God says, go outside, look at the stars. All right? So Abraham walks outside. He starts looking at the stars. 
God says, count them. Abraham's like, one, two, three, gets up to like 17. God, I can't count higher than 17. God's like, okay. Imagine all the stars you can see, your descendants will be greater than that. Now, at this point, Abraham had never had a kid. He wasn't able to. Not only that, Abraham's starting to look at God like, ah, sorry, did you say I'm going to have a kid? <laughs> things don't work anymore. <laughs> if you think things don't work here, look at my wife. Things just don't work anymore. Uh, he starts freaking out. How are we going to give birth? We've never been able to give birth. Not only, like, not only that, I am old. But here's what I love. God had called him to be significant, and God had called him to be influential. And no matter what circumstance he was in, no matter what condition he was in, as long as he said, God, I'm available, and God, I'm willing, God use him, will use him. Later on, he gives birth. It's pretty cool. Not only that, I don't know if you guys know about, um, there was a dude in the Bible called Saul. Now, Saul was, um, he was a pretty crazy dude. His job was to kill Christians, and he was good at it. They say that he would, uh, they would hang Christians up on crosses and light their bodies on fire along the roads from town to town so that they would light up the roads so people could go from city to city under light. And the only problem is the light was the Christians that were burning. He was good at his job. He has this encounter with God where he falls off a horse. God, this massive encounter with God and things turn around. Now, if anyone should have been disqualified, if anyone should have been unable to do something significant and something great for God, it should have been Saul. But what I love is God didn't look at the outside. He had an encounter with God, and God looked at the inside and said, you can do something great for me. You can do something significant for me. And here's all I'm here to tell you tonight. No matter where you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what you look like, no matter how you dress, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how, no matter how many followers on Instagram you have, just like casual fourth out. Nah, just kidding, I don't. There are all those fake follow me profiles. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. No matter what it looks like, your life and your situation, God's not looking at the outward circumstances of your life. God's looking at your heart. God's looking at your heart. He doesn't care about where you've been left out. He doesn't care about how young you are. He doesn't care about whether you've missed it and missed your opportunity. God's looking at your heart. There's one more kid. And one more person. This guy was um went to a school, was going to a school. Yeah. Uh, about a week later he got kicked out of his school. He was gutted. He had to go to a new school. He had no friends at his new school. In fact, no, let's lie, he had three friends. His three friends were Harry, Hermione, and Ron. For the first four months of his new school, he read all the Harry Potter books uh, because he had no friends. He used to love to go, to go to the library. But on sunny days, they'd close down the library so he'd have to go and sit under a tree outside. And he just felt humiliated and shamed because he had no friends, but he just sat there reading his books. About two weeks later, his best friend passed away. So if things were bad already, they got a lot worse. And as he's processing through this grief and this hurt, he encountered God. He was shy. He was timid. He didn't like to speak in front of people. He didn't like to be at the front of anything. But God did something significant in his heart, and he just said, I am willing. God, use me. He knew that there was greatness on the inside of him. He knew that there was significance and impact on his life. And all he said was, God, use me. Now, I was that kid. There was nothing special about me. I had big red cheeks. <laughs> 
that a beard couldn't hide. People didn't care what I had have to say. But at one point when I was 15 years old, I said, God, use me. I'll get magic fingers, the keyboard, Kayla. She's going to play some nice music. At 15 years old, I just said, God, use me. Now, I haven't been perfect along the way. I haven't done everything correctly all the time. I've made my mistakes. But at every point along the journey when I felt weak and inadequate, when I felt unqualified for the job, I've just opened up to God and said, God, use me. And every time he said, I see your heart, I'm happy to do it. Now, I don't boast about my life. I love my life. I love my wife. We got a cool home in Auckland. I get to lead young people. I get to travel up and down our country all the time. I used to have dreams as a 15-year-old um, in a room like this. I would close my eyes. Actually, it wasn't as cool as this. No way where our tribal was that cool. <laughs> I, uh, I used to close my eyes and worship, and I lift my hands. I know you guys do worship here. And that was where, how I used to encounter God. That's how I still encounter God. But I'd close my eyes, and I used to see these kind of pictures, and I used to have these thoughts about traveling up and down the country and about getting to speak to people. And when I would speak, it would be like the room was dark, and as I spoke, light came over a room. And I knew that's, that as I would speak, God's light would move and impact people's lives. I used to see myself doing that up and down the country. Now, uh, as I said, I'm not perfect that I don't have it all together. But at any point in my life where there's been conflict and I felt like I'm, I don't have what it takes, I've always said, God, I'm willing. And here's the beautiful thing about God. When you acknowledge your weakness, He makes you strong. And as I've done that, now I get to travel the country. Not only my country. Uh, we came in September. We got to do schools in San Diego for a week. We did like 40 schools, speaking to young people in America. This week we're in schools, and I get to speak to you guys. And it's nothing about me being awesome and me being good. But it's just about me saying, God, God, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I want you to use me. And God's so good because he'll just look at your heart when you say something like that and he'll say, I'll use you. I've got, um, I got some cool youth in Auckland. They're crazy. They're, they're nuts. They're just like me. They're little me's. Not as big. And uh, they, um, we have lots of laughs and we have, we have lots of jokes they're doing some significant things in our city and in their schools some of them have just said God I want you to use me in my school and this is my challenge to you tonight God will use you because there's greatness on your life but he'll use you at where you are now and these guys have recognized this so they say God I want you to use me in my school so they're just doing wild things at school they get outside school and pray they say God what can we do today God will say go and talk to this person I'll go and talk to this person I was with a kid the other week and we did this thing we do this thing called by the gate and we pray by a school gate. We say, God, what do you want us to do today in school? While I pray, I say, God, what do you want me to do to, today at work? And uh, so we pray by the gate. God speaks, and then young people just obey. So I was with this kid. I hadn't met him before. He's just a young, dweeby dude. But here's the crazy thing. He prayed. He said, he said to me afterwards, he said, I felt like God said, I'm going to talk to someone who's alone today. I don't know who it is, but I know God's going to highlight that person. He went through his whole school day, and he hadn't talked to anyone. He hadn't talked to anyone because God hadn't highlighted anyone. That night he went to his youth group and as they were at the youth group, they were doing challenges around a little area in Auckland where I live. 
And they went down to the train station and he saw a girl standing alone. And immediately in his mind, he's like, he heard God say, that's the one. So now he didn't go talk to her by himself. <laughs> hey, just go up and, hey girl. No, no, he didn't do that. Here's what he did. All right, he did the smart thing. He's young, but he wasn't dumb. He got to his youth leader. He said, can you come over me as I talk to this girl? I feel like God wants me to talk to her. So he walked up to her and he starts talking to her. And this girl's going crazy at the time. She's a little bit out of it. And she's, a, she's worried. She's anxious. She's not communicating very well. So they start talking to her, start talking to her. And then they say, okay, we need to get some help. At that point, the girl ran into the tunnel of, uh, tunnel of the train station and lay down on the tracks because she wanted a train to run her over. Here's what they do. They run and his youth leader runs in after her. They grab her, the cops come. They get her to safety and they, they start looking after her. And the story goes, she was actually planning to lie down on the tracks to kill herself that night. But what I love is this young boy. He just said, God, I'm willing let me let, I'm willing to let you use me. And as he said, God, use me. God used them to save a girl's life. How cool. God will use you. Despite who you are, despite how young you are. He was only 13. She was close to 20. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you come from. So he said, God, use me. He's faithful to do something great through your life. The kid's 13 and he saved someone's life. He's just buzzing because God speaks to him tonight I believe God wants to speak to you I got other kids they, <laughs> this kid Jordan Connell I love him love him the bits he wanted to bless his school and just stay, tell people that God loves them and the best way to bless your school and this is what he figured is give people food am I right when you get food you feel blessed so he, they start making sausages and they put them in bread with sauce like hot dogs they start making hot dogs for all the kids in their school eventually they ran out of bread but they were also promoting the concert that was happening that night for youth so then what they start doing is they start putting sausages inside the flyers and then they put the onions and the sauce on the, on the sausage inside them. So they were giving kids sausages inside of flyers. Pretty awesome. All because he just wanted to bless his school. Now uh, they, filled buses to, of, they filled buses and got kids to youth that night. All because he just wanted God to use them. And he just said, God, I am willing. Will you use me? So right across this room, the message is very simple tonight. You might not be in a position to change the whole world today, but you are in a position to change one person's world. And it just starts by saying, God, use me. And you'll start to see greatness and significance unfold in your life every single day. So what I want you to do right across this room is just close your eyes. I want to pray for you really, really quickly. I believe God's going to do something significant. The first group I want to pray for are those who have never encountered Jesus before. This God I talk about, this God that is faithful to use you, this God that put greatness in your life from the beginning of time, this God that's been thinking about you since before you were born and before you could even comprehend Him. He set you up tonight. There's no mistake. There's no accident that you are here. You're here for a reason. And he, the reason is He's reaching out to you. And my question to you tonight is will you reach back to Him? Because we can try and fill our lives with different things to fill up that gap of greatness in our lives. But the only thing that can ever really fill it is Jesus himself. And not only does he fill that gap, the reward is so great. It's a relationship. It's a friendship with him. But it's also this gift of eternal life. That when you leave this place and you leave your life of significance here, you'll go on to be significant with him. So really quickly, for those people 
who don't know this Jesus, or maybe you've known him and you've walked away, I want to give you an opportunity tonight to accept him into your life. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to go three, two, one. And when I get down to one, if that's you, all I want you to do, no one's looking around. I just want you to put your hand up into the air. And all that does is just shows me who I'm praying with tonight. And I want to help lead you in that prayer. There's awesome. That's hands going up already. Three, two, one. If that's you, just lift your hand nice and high. I'd love to lead you in a prayer that will allow Jesus in your heart. Awesome. I see hands. I've seen about 10 hands in already. Is there anyone else? Awesome. I see you at the back. It's the best decision you'll ever make, bro. It's about 11 hands. 12, 13. Awesome. Is there anyone else? Awesome, bro. You're so worth waiting for. heart might be beating a little bit faster than it usually does. What I like to say is that's just God knocking on the door of your heart saying, come on, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Don't let this moment go by. If you've put up your hand, can you just put it up one more time? No one's looking around. I just want to see your hand really quickly. Awesome. There's a whole bunch of hands. Oh, come on. Thank you, Lord. Cool. There's new people putting up their hands as well. All right. Awesome. You can put your head down. You guys are absolute legends. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to be a little bit bold and courageous here. I don't usually do this, but I'd love to pray with you. Now, I can't get to all of you, otherwise we're going to be here all night. But you can come here, and I'd love to pray with you. So uh, what I'm going to do is, um, if that's you and you put up your hand, just while the guys play music in the background, all I want you to do is just come up the front here. I'd love to pray with you and lead you in that prayer. While everyone else's eyes are closed for the moment. If you put up your hand just nice and high, I just want you to come to the front. I'd love to pray with you. Awesome, bro. It takes courage to stand out. Good job. Come on, I know there was more. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Awesome. shy, don't worry. You guys can stand and face this way. I know there are a couple more. Please don't. Please don't be shy. I tell you, here's what I want you to do. Everyone, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, hey, if you want to go up, I'll come with you. And right, you can bring them up. Awesome. Alright, alright, awesome. I know there are a couple more. You guys come up. Alright, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to pray real quick. Everyone back there, if you if you want to come up, still come up, still come up. This is cool. This is like, I know this is like an emotional moment, but this is the best decision you will ever make in your life. Life with Jesus is pretty cool. Oh, look at that courage. Let's give these guys a clap as they come forward. Oh, come on. Come on. How cool is that? All right, all right. That's a whole heap of us. Come on. All right. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I love this. All right. This moment now is a life-changing moment. The moment you accept God into your heart, He never leaves. No matter how far you run, He will always chase you down. This is an amazing, an amazing moment. But not only is it going to come into your heart, that gap that you've felt for the significance in your life, He's going to start to fill it. He's going to fill it. And then He's going to give you opportunities to work it out. Now, you can be significant and influential in your school. 
But it just takes this every day, a relationship with God. God, how can I make an impact? And then He'll speak to you. He might just put someone on your heart. He might just give you a crazy, radical idea. All right, but here's what I want to do. I only want to lead you in a prayer. And what I'll do, when you put up your hand, and it's this, I believe in my heart thing, I want to help you confess that belief. All right, so I'll say a line. All I need you to do is say the line after me. But when you say the line, this is praying. This is you talking to God. You just got to believe it in your heart. Cool? Cool? Everyone out the back, cool? All right, we're all going to pray nice and loud. Is that cool? And then we're going to clap like crazy. Cool, and then I want to pray for you guys real quick. Cool? All right, Jesus. All right, let's do that again. Jesus, Jesus. thank you for meeting me here today, right where I am. God, I pray you'd fill the gap in my heart and you'd make me new. Give me a desire to follow your ways and walk with you all my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and be my best friend. I choose you above everything else. In your name, Amen. Amen is how we say amen in my language, right? <laughs> you guys are awesome. Let's give these guys a big hand. Stay here, stay here, stay here, stay here. All right. If you're sitting out in the back, I want you to stretch your hand towards these guys. I just want to pray for you really quick. As everyone close your eyes. Father, I thank you for every amazing young person here. God, I thank you that there's significance on their life. Father, I thank you you're doing something great in their hearts. And Jesus, we just pray right now this would be a defining moment for Revolution Youth on Central Coast. And I even just believe to say to you all, you're not alone. You're not alone because God is with you. You're not alone because your leaders are with you. But you're not alone because there are nations across the world of young people in the same movement backing you up and believing with you all the way. So God, I pray right now, Lord, that you'd mark greatness on this young man's life. God, I pray right now, Father, that you'd draw significance out of him. God, I thank you right now, Lord, that you are planting dreams and destinies within them, Lord, that they will walk into because they'll be diligent with what you've told them. So God, we thank you so much for every young woman here that she will be strong. Father, that she will know your voice. God, that they will be able to uh, remain faithful to you even when temptation comes. God, I thank you that they're precious and they're incredible. God, I thank you. You call them beautiful. And Lord, I pray right now for every young man here, Lord, that you would stir strength in their hearts. God, you would make them warriors for you. Father, I pray, Lord, that there will be no hesitation on their tongue when people ask about you. God, I thank you they will stand bold and strong. And as they do, Lord, people will flock to them, flock to them for shelter, flock to them for advice. And God, I thank you that they'll be able to point those people to you. So God, we thank you for what you're doing here in Central Coast. And God, we thank you you're doing something significant through each and every single one of these young people. In your name, Lord. Amen. 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 Let's give God a big hand. All right, you guys can run back. I don't know. Do do you guys want to get detail? Are you know everyone here? All right, all right. Go grab a seat. Go grab a seat. If you if you came up the front, that's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Ever make. Now, if you need a Bible, a Bible is like a roadmap to your awesome destiny. All right. It's hard to get to the destination without the map. All right, so we'd love to give you a Bible to help you find out the way to go. We can give away Bibles. Oh, cool, there's a whole lot of Bibles. We can give those out. But here's what I want to do real quick. I'm going to, everyone to jump up to their feet, leaders and young people. We're just going to have about one minute where I want everyone in their room to close their eyes. If you feel comfortable, you can lift up your hands. 
the guys are just going to play in the background. I believe God, God's going to speak to individuals. God's going to drop something on your heart. God's going to speak to you about what the future can look like. God's going to show you significance and greatness. The same way He showed me when I was 15 years old and I just used to have fleeting thoughts of what could be. And then when God shows you something, sometimes He speaks with a word. Sometimes He'll give you a song, a lyric. Sometimes He shows you a picture. When God speaks, all I want you to do, maybe just lift your hands like this. To say, God, I'm willing. Use me. Then we'll pray. And then we'll finish. So we're going to start. Just across the room, close your eyes, lift your hands. Hear from God. And when you hear from God, just between you and God, I just want you to say, God, I am willing. Lord, I thank you for the Central Coast. I thank you for Revolution Youth here in America. God, the first one of many. Lord, I thank you they will be an example. Lord, not just for this region, but God, they're going to be an example to the world. Lord, I thank you we're going to hear about stories in New Zealand of the miracles that you're performing. Lord, here in the United States here in Aurora Grande, here in the five cities, Lord, because of what you're doing in young individuals here. God, I thank you we won't have to wait years to hear the report, but God, I thank you we're going to hear them this year. Father, I thank you you're going to perform miracles through young people. I thank you schools are going to shift and change because of the dreams that you've put on their heart. So God, we say tonight, Lord, we are willing. God, we say tonight, use us in whatever way you want. God, I pray we'd have ears to hear what you say and we'd have the strength of heart to be obedient when you say it. So God, we love you. We honor you. In your mighty name, everyone said, Amen. All right, let's give God a big hand.